Hi everybody, this is Manuel Gil del Real. Welcome to another edition, episode of MGR Unplugged. To our taping this on a Friday, it's starting to get hot here in Phoenix. And um, today, um, David Gill is with me from the MGRH uh, podcast. And um, we're going to talk about um, self-driving cars and autonomous vehicles. This is a topic that uh, David and I actually talk about quite a bit. Uh, we don't always agree on everything. I'm a big car fan, so everything that is uh, self-driving and takes my hands off the wheel is something that I don't really like that much. But uh, I'm always open to all technology and everything else. So in that aspect, I'm really a big fan of uh, uh, self-driving cars and uh, electrical cars and electrical vehicles and all that stuff. So anyways, the topic seems to be uh, very interesting and in the news most of the days. And especially here in Phoenix, we have a lot of uh, uh, companies that are testing their vehicles because of the uh, uh, kind of uh, good driving conditions and roads that we have in the uh, in the Phoenix area with the uh, wide uh, roads and the grid type city that we have and everything else. So we see a lot of these cars driving around on a daily basis. So we, we that brings up the topic a few times between him and I. So anyways, David, welcome again. Uh, thanks for joining the, uh, the MG Unplugged podcast with me. Hello. Um, all right, so let's start with the uh, very basics as far as um, self-driving cars. So we we know that there's different levels of uh, um, autonomous vehicles, and um, there's basically from level zero, which is basically nothing at all, just the car that needs to be driven and, and managed completely by the driver, to level five, which is the ultimate level where basically the car is completely autonomous and can drive by itself. And in fact, it won't even, it won't even have any steering wheel or pedals or anything. It's just basically a moving box with four wheels and it goes by itself with passengers inside. And it takes people from A to B on its own. So that's level five. We're definitely not there yet. Um, but we're getting close to uh, obviously level two is already there and just to clarify level two is some automation as far as like we've had cruise control for a while and now we have accident avoidance and some other things that car comes cars come with uh from the factory but um obviously they are uh, level one two and three the cars require a driver always behind the wheel to take over um so uh, let, let's go through some of the companies that have been more in the news lately, like uh, Waymo here in Phoenix. Obviously, Tesla is uh, one of the pioneers of uh, self-driving technology. And going a little bit through um, how cars become autonomous, what makes them, what kind of sensors or what kind of uh, technology makes them autonomous. And we know that Tesla uses one kind of technology and other companies use other technology more based on LiDAR versus uh, cameras and so forth. Um, let's go a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's different approaches to how to create or how to develop self-driving technology. Um, basically, there's kind of two groups. There's the max sensor, max uh, LiDAR, maybe even redoing the streets and painting the streets a certain way, adding certain, uh, like maybe uh, things on the side of the road, things like that, where uh, there's a group that wants to basically redo the road system and then also use a lot of LIDAR and sensors to create self-driving. Um, and that group would be more of the Google Waymo side of things. Um, there's lo lots of other companies on that side too. I would say that's also more of the 
Ford and a lot of the bigger, more traditional companies, a lot of them are using LiDAR. LiDAR, for anybody who doesn't know, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's basically laser radar. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just, it gives you, it's a little more advanced than radar. It's, it gives you a better picture of things. It, um, it basically sends a beam and a signal that bounces back. Right, it creates a 3D the, the map terrain, of right. the area. Mm -hmm. So it's just a more advanced radar. It's been used by police officers to, to detect uh, speeders and things like that. Right. So anyways, uh, but the problem with LiDAR is it's expensive. Uh, when you see, if you've seen like a lot of self-driving cars and they have these big things on the top and all these things sticking out of them, a lot of that is LiDAR. And uh, the problem is that LiDAR is expensive and that's why a Waymo... Uh, minivan, which the minivan itself probably costs 20, 25 grand. If you want to buy it with all the self-driving tech, it's like $120,000, I think. So basically adding the self-driving tech to the car costs about a hundred grand right now. Um, if you take the Tesla approach and the, uh, there's other startups that we can discuss who are working in the space that people might not be familiar because they don't get reported by the main media. Um, but basically, there's another group that says, we don't need all those sensors. I mean, we need some sensors, but we don't need LiDAR. We don't need these big contraptions all over the car. We mostly need a front camera, a rear camera, and maybe a few sensors. And that's about it. Right. And right. you don't need to paint the roads special and do all that. And that's the group that is very much, uh, it, it kind of... If you want to get very technical, which I won't, uh, it kind of goes into different schools of thought when you get into machine learning. And I'm not a machine learning engineer by any means, but from what I've researched about it, uh, basically there's more of the rules-based approach and there's more of the, I guess, free learning approach, you could call it, to put it simply. The rules-based is like with the Google Waymo. So their cars have problems like, say, it's driving in a lane and then all of a sudden say there's a car parked on the side and it needs to kind of move a little over in the other person's lane for a second and then come back to not hit that car. A lot of times it says the rule says, oh, don't swerve in the other person's lane. Oh, but I can't hit this. And it kind of conflicts with each mm -hmm, other. Mm -hmm. the, the free learning approach, basically what they do is, and this is why Tesla is so far ahead in that sector, is because they have data from hundreds of thousands of people driving. Basically, they just say, we're going to see how people drive, and then we're just going to copy that. So, but that data comes from other Tesla cars? I mean, they, they obviously, they, they communicate with each other. Every time a, a driver is driving a Tesla car, is sending all the information to Tesla. Yes. Uh, the privacy and all the stuff is a different topic, but they, they know it's that... It's anonymized. A, it's anonymized, exactly. So, but they know that this Tesla car is driving on certain roads at this speed with these obstacles and learning all this uh, information about the road and communicating with the rest of the uh, Tesla network. Um, right. So the next car, the next Tesla car that goes down the same road has more information than the first one and so forth. So they communicate with each other and they learn from each other uh, based on the camera system because they don't use LiDAR in their case. And, and the they cameras claim, and they, they have sensors too. Right. And they claim that that's sort of, um, uh, I know that we don't want to get into artificial intelligence, but that kind of uh, intelligent connectivity between the cars and, and Tesla uh, makes the cars smarter. And then no matter what their road conditions are, they can always learn because they are with the latest technology. Right. Um, one of the handicaps that uh, they have with the, uh, with the uh, LiDAR system is that they rely so much, as you said, from markings on the road and specific uh, roads created for them and all that stuff that they're also easy to, to fool. Like that, Some people may... Uh, they've done tests where they they 
they do different markings on the road or they put different signals and things like that. So they confuse the LiDAR system and they can actually sabotage, so to speak, the maneuverability of the cars that are going on those roads by basically just fooling them into going in a different direction, just basically by, by altering the road markings and everything else. Right. And so... Yeah, and so the Tesla pro and Elon actually said at this latest, uh, it was about a month ago um, conference, he said that basically lidar. He said, I think he said his exact quote. I think was lidar is a fool's game or something like that. Right. Like, yes. It's not going to work long term, and it's just so expensive. And yes, the cost has come down, of course, like every technology. But basically, he said you don't need it. It's it's not necessary for driving. You can just have the cars learn from humans and see how human because really there's there's rules of the road but you can never follow the rules of the road perfectly because it just is not applicable like i said if you have to swerve a little into the other lane to avoid hitting a car you're going to do that technically you're breaking the rules of the road and so that's why the google car and it's not not just google there's lots of other self-driving car companies that follow that rules-based approach that seems to be not working even the the head of waymo came out i think it's probably a few months ago now but he kind of said we're stuck without saying we're stuck he basically said we're kind of at a point where our cars aren't really improving anymore they've gotten to they've gotten good but they're not basically good enough to be full self-driving and right, Tesla right. is basically saying, and other startups, no, we can get to full self-driving. Mm -hmm. You're just taking the wrong approach. Right. I think they. I think what happened is that uh, they they measure the uh, the advance in the technology by miles without inter intervention, basically, meaning how many miles they can drive right. without a driver having to take over because the the system failed, basically. And um, I think Waymo and some other technologies like that are, are reaching a level where they are at a, a flat line right now where. I think they're 11,000 miles or something where they can get in certain environments a lot of miles, but at a certain point they need intervention, which basically means that the, the car would have made a mistake had the driver not taken over uh, control, basically. Whereas in, in other technologies, the learning curve keeps improving and improving to the point that at some point, the goal obviously is to get to a level five, which is basically, uh, I think even Elon Musk mentioned that uh, future cars will not even have a steering wheel or pedals yeah. or anything. Basically, they were just picking up people and dropping off people and things like that. Yeah, the goal is basically you need no humans at all. Uh, right. And Google has basically said, Waymo, that they're not going to be able to reach it with their, or it doesn't seem like it. And it's also a, a question of money too, because Google has invested tens of billions into their self-driving car uh, technology and it's still not there and so obviously at some point you have to start questioning if you're Google do we keep spending money on this and that's kind of the point that they're reaching um, I don't know what their plan is to continue honestly because if they say they're stuck are they gonna start doing another approach that I don't know but if you want to get into a little bit of who are the the players in the space that we think really could reach it and soon I think that it's going to be Tesla, and I think that it it will probably be one or two, maybe a, a few more startups uh, that reach it as well. But, but there's, I mean, everybody knows Waymo's and Teslas and all that, and there's other companies like the major manufacturers obviously have their own systems. But there's companies like Nvidia. I mean, a company that is known for making um, video game. They're uh, more focused on making the chips 
for it. But they're not necessarily but making... But they are testing their own cars too. Um, I, I mean, there's other companies that are lesser known, but they're also entering the area um, of uh, even even um, Continental, a tire manufacturer. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are doing their own little tests. Uh, but, but the question I wanted to get to is that obviously, like we said, we have this kind of fork in the road with the LiDAR technology versus the camera technology. At some point, either the two coexist or there has to be a winner. Kind of like what happened back in the days between VHS and Betamax and, and the DVD HD versus uh, the Blu-ray and all that. I mean, at some point, do you see cars that are lighter and camera-based coexisting on the roads? I mean, if you need to modify the roads for the lighter ones with the well, markings and all that stuff, do you see those coexisting in addition to the, the thing. to the men or the staff or the cars that are with drivers? So who do I think will win? I think the Tesla approach will win because the other approach requires a lot of other uh, intervention to make it work. So now, okay, now we have to get the government to start painting the roads in a certain way or adding, uh, they were talking about maybe adding sensors into the roads or, all, or there's or, lots or of lanes like they want yeah. now for carpool and all that that are just there's for lots of different autonomous vehicles. ideas. But all of those things, first of all, require a lot of funding especially i mean painting a road is not that expensive but uh like some of them want to add sensors everywhere or things on the side of the road or like almost uh like a telephone pole system type of thing all those things are going to require many more steps that are out of the control of google or whoever is trying to do it the tesla approach doesn't need anybody um and that's why i think that they are more likely to win because they can just basically uh, get to market first or get to level five first because they don't need anything else. And it's not just Tesla. Like I said, there's another startup called comma AI. I think that they're doing a lot of great work. Basically, uh, they came a few years ago with a little kit that you can put in your car and make it, I believe level three, um, self-driving, meaning you still need to have hands on the wheel and all that, or at least attentive, and it, it will tell you to put your hands on the wheel. But if you're on the freeway or whatever, it'll drive your car. And right now, I think it's working in Hondas uh, and Chevys, I think, is, is where they're at right now. But they want to make it for most cars. And so they're taking a little different approach. They're basically selling a kit. So you don't even need to buy a car that itself comes with self-driving. You just put this little kit. And all it is is it's basically a camera and a couple sensors, I think. Is that is that kit legal? I mean, is that... Yes. Um, I mean, you can buy it off the shelf, so to speak, and mm -hmm. then add yeah. it to your car. And then um, you can just drive an, a car that is not manufactured to be self-driving with a kit and be perfectly legal. Like yep. you don't get pulled over all, and say, hey, you're driving a car in a different All way. it is is basically it's considered the same as like you were saying before, basically driver assistance. That's all it's considered. So it's just a driver assistance device. Mm -hmm. uh, so the same way that you have a car that might auto brake or something like that for you, it's kind of the same thing. I'm assuming it'll come with all kinds of liabilities and disclaimers from the manufacturers saying you're Yeah, I think for they basically say it's not intended for self-driving car use or something like that, um, but basically that's what it does. So let me go back up a little bit just to be fair, because we, we discussed a little bit, we just talked about the uh, handicaps or or challenges that the uh, LiDAR system has with the markings on the road and the possibility of being like confused and everything else. But obviously, 
Tesla system or the camera system that Tesla uses also has its own challenges. And we've seen, you know, a few accidents that have happened um, lately. Right. And they obviously make news and everybody wants to write about it because they're very obnoxious and all that stuff. But uh, so what are some of the challenges that Tesla is having with their own system that they need to still work on? Um, it's getting better and better. Uh, and they just added now... Um, I think lane exiting. So before it used to be that, like if you wanted to leave the freeway, you had to take over. I think they just added that in now recently. I don't own a Tesla, so it's hard to keep track. They add updates all the time. Um, but it's more just, the, the biggest thing that self-driving cars uh, in all facets uh, struggle with is more of the unpredictable things. There's something in the road or... Uh, like one of the things, one of the things that I heard and I read actually from Tesla's system too is the uh, the challenge with weather situations. For example, there's snowy days when you have a lot of snowflakes and snowy roads. That affects the lidar much more than it affects the Tesla. Really, as far as the yeah. uh, the visibility and all that stuff. Because I mean, a, a system that is based on cameras, when you have a lot of lack of visibility or reflections or glares and things like that, it may confuse the cameras. I mean, there was one Tesla that actually rear-ended a truck. As you know, because he was uh, confused that the truck, uh, he couldn't tell that the, the end of the truck from the sky, and and basically yeah, that was a few years ago, right? And, it uh, was in, in sixteen, I think, or yeah, yeah, they've improved since then. But the unique thing about Tesla, because it's an electric car, and the way they designed it, uh, it actually has four wheel drive, but four wheel like independent drive. So each. Uh, each wheel can spin on its own and because of that in the snow it has incredible traction control um, so that's one of the biggest problems obviously when you're driving in snow and ice and all that is that the you lose traction very very easily and so the Tesla's have learned and it has a very good auto traction control ability because it can control each wheel individually but aside from the traction um the visibility or the the ability for the cameras to tell the terrain for a road that they've learned maybe in perfect weather conditions that's, and now it's all snowed out or, or basically covered with snow and it's that's hard to where tell. mapping comes in the other part we haven't really talked about is the the mapping um the geo maps are still being developed. They're uh, getting a lot better, but we don't have, if you're in a major city, it's fully mapped, but, um, and it's different from like a Google maps. It needs to be much, much more accurate and detailed. Um, so there's actually mapping companies that are working on this and Tesla itself has it because basically there it's, it's cool how it works because they're able to use all of the data from all of their people driving and they have a much more accurate map than even say like a, a Google map because a Google map will show you basically this is where the road is supposed to be. But if there's something a little different, there's some curve, there's some construction, whatever, because the, the Tesla has the data of other Teslas driving through it, it actually knows. So in the snow, even though it can't see the road, it actually knows where the road is if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why you need more mapping. That's the other thing. And that you is need still more Teslas on the road too. Right, obviously. Because I mean, if you, you, you will have a lot of maps from California or areas where you see a lot of Teslas on the road, but in other areas of the yeah, country. Yeah, obviously, it's like anything. If you live in a remote place, the technology is going to take longer to get to you. Right. But in most uh, metropolitan areas, uh, it's going to be very well mapped and there's going to be lots of Teslas. Um, 
yeah, overall, I think that they're improving a lot. Now, I mean, listen, if you want to talk about Elon's uh, announcement, uh, what was it, a month ago, about the robo-taxis. Yeah, that was interesting, too. I'm not sure if that was just an off-the-cuff comment that he made or people took it seriously, but I know a few owners that, I, that are friends of mine that were like, Hmm, I don't know if I'm going. To, well, go ahead with the announcement, but I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be renting their cars or letting their cars. Well, it, it definitely was not off the cuff. He had a whole presentation about it. He even previewed the app, but basically, they're going to make their own version of Uber, um, but with Teslas, and it's going to be a Tesla Robo Taxi network. That's what he called it. And the idea is, you're going to have a te- if you own a Tesla when you're not driving it, which most people. You know, you don't drive your car most of the day. You use it to go A to B, but then your car is just sitting in a parking lot or sitting in your garage or doing whatever, right? And so his thesis was uh, when you're not using it, you can rent it out. And it basically will drive itself around, and they're going to have an app just like Uber. Mm-hmm. And so anybody can go and order a Tesla, and basically a, a car without a person in it will come pick you up, drop you off, do whatever you need. So basically doing what uh, Travis Kalanick from Uber said he wanted to do uh, to make uber b- uh, profitable u- right yep. before uber got to it mm-hmm. uh, now he said that that was going to be next year but that's that that basically is level five i mean you basically have yeah. a car with no driver if i'm just jumping on a car that is picking me up i'm not supposed to be over, be able to uh, take control of the wheel or anything else i'm relying on the car to do the driving so that's level five yeah and he even said that uh, if legislation allows right. that they'll start just taking steering wheels and pedals out of the car. So then you really have level five. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, definitely now, not by next year. I, I, I will say with a big asterisk, uh, Tesla is famous for making big promises and then uh, them Elon being, Musk is famous yeah, for and them being delayed. So I'm just, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm telling you what he said. Yeah, um, well, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, Elon Musk for business-wise, basically. But I think um, realistically, level five for any technology, whether it's Tesla or any major manufacturer or, or Waymore or anything, is, is just way far away. And mostly, I think the technology might be there, but the legislation, infrastructure, and everything else is is definitely not there yet. So, in fact, I wanted to point out that uh, there was a study that I looked up before this, uh, before recording the podcast from KPMG, that they, uh, they rated different countries as far as how ready they are for self-driving cars. And uh, they, they had what they call four major pillars uh, of to determine the the readiness for self-driving cars and uh, the four pillars were policy and legislation which is a big one technology and innovation which is what we just discussed infrastructure which is also how their roads are ready and then the consumer acceptance which is how are the consumers how ready they are to basically jump into a car that has no driver and feel confident that i think that crash. will change quicker than people think because right. remember the cars don't have to be uh flawless they just have to be better than people and people make a lot of mistakes on the road and get distracted or, you know, all types of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you don't necessarily have to be a flawless car. It's, you're never going to have a, a zero accident car. But you can definitely be better than a lot of the people who it's very easy to get distracted on the road, whether you're I mean, even just daydreaming, you can kind of get distracted on the freeway. And so 
Uh, and not to mention that the car with sensors knows what's going on around it 24 right, seven. Right. It and doesn't have blind spots. It's not going to cut people off, you know, things like and, that. And the thing is that the, uh, the self-driving technology will be primarily starting in urban areas where the speed limits are very low and all that stuff. So even though self-driving cars have had a fair share of, um, you know, accidents in the broad term, uh, most of them have been like very, um, low risk and fender bender type things, uh, compared to, in other words, you compare accidents of, uh, human driven cars versus self-driving cars, even though the number might be equal or maybe varying a little bit, the self-driving car accidents have been more like fender benders and unimportant well, accidents the, compared to the human driven cars that have more severe accidents. The accident rate is lower with self-driving cars. It's not the same. No, it's lower, but it's also, yeah, maybe per, per million miles or something like that as far as the, the ratio. But anyways, back to my point, uh, when they were talking about the countries that were best prepared for self-driving cars, um, Holland on the Netherlands was actually number one. And they do a lot of testing there because of the same situation. There's very flat and very uh, uh, grid type conditions and a small country too, obviously. And then Singapore was the second one and the US comes in third place. And they are basically in, in a scale of 30 being best prepared we're in a 24 25 number basically so we're almost there as far as um yeah i mean you if know you, readiness for for based autonomous on vehicles. those criteria you gave me uh, technology we're first we have all the self-driving car companies here um legislation that's a question mark it, it's going to be more a state by state thing i think than anything else um so it could be some states do it some states don't um i don't know Obviously, we'll see. Uh, what was the other pillar? You said infrastructure. Right. We have infrastructure and consumer acceptance. Yeah, we have pretty decent roads here. I mean, yeah, it could be better for sure. But as far as a car being able to see lanes and all of that, it's pretty easy compared to say like uh, if you see like roads in India or something where you have a million bikes on the road and there's half of them are dirt roads. They don't have lanes, things like that. So we're pretty prepared. And then consumer acceptance. Uh, like I said, I think people change pretty quickly. I think, yeah, it's weird the first time you get in a self-driving car for everybody, but once you get used to it, I think it's like Ubers too. The first time you get in an Uber with a stranger, it's not a taxi driver. You have no idea who this person is. It's probably a little weird, but guess what? Now people yeah, it's take like Ubers everything. everywhere. Airbnb is the same thing. You go to yeah. a stranger's house and you get into a stranger's car. All that stuff has changed. So consumer lot. behavior, yeah, it might take a little bit, but people will move over, especially if the robo taxi promise comes true, which basically, uh, as far as the pricing of the cars, the, the, the rides, it could be a 10th of what Uber and Lyft currently charge. I think people would get over the stigma pretty quickly. If that was what it was costing, if you spent the, if, a if, a like I was, I think I, when I did my podcast, uh, episode on my show about this, I said, well, you know, for me, it's a, it costs about $25 roughly to get to the airport from where I live. If you're, t so you're telling me that it's going to cost two fifty, that's basically what he's proposing. Yeah. I could get over the stigma of a uh, self-driving car pretty quickly if that were the case. Mm -hmm. And I think most people would too. Right. Right. So, so let's talk a little more practicality as far as self-driving cars. So, so obviously we know we're at level two right now. Uh, three. Level three is around with, with uh, Tesla's and Waymo's and all that different technology. Level five is the ultimate and we don't know. I mean, some of the cars could be there. It's just that not legally, they're not there yet. So, 
do you see a situation or how soon do you see a world or cities or locations where you see a mix of self-driving cars and human-driven cars driving side by side? Is that something that will ever happen or, oh, or the self-driving cars will be more in a geofence area or certain areas or something like that? No. I mean, because one of the things that I always think about is if I'm in a human, if I'm driving my car and I'm surrounded by two or three self-driving cars that I can see they are basically self-driving cars, maybe without even a driver in the future. And, you know, you're in the freeway and you're trying to shift lanes and all that stuff. And when you are surrounded by other human-driven cars, you put your signal, you kind of make sure they see you, you kind of come over slowly and all that stuff, make sure that you can do it safely. If I have a self-driving car next to me, surrounding me or whatever, I need to pull over. I know the self-driving car with all the sensors and all the security and safety and everything is going to back off and let me go. So I can become a little bit of a or the bully driver or the aggressive driver thinking, okay, well, this guy is always, so this car is always going to really, back off. Not really, because they're not perfect either. And you're just risking an accident for yourself too. I mean, yeah, self-driving cars, uh, maybe they're more likely to let you go or something, but it's not like, like I said, they're not flawless. They might be better than people, but they're not flawless. And I hear that argument sometimes, but I just think it's, it's not really relevant because, yeah, there's always going to be uh, aggressive drivers on the road, but... I don't think it affects really. Uh, it's, I don't. I think that's of all the things that are holding self-driving cars back. That's number seven thousand on the list. I mm -hmm. think that's not really a concern. And as far as other legislation issues like insurances, for example, I mean, some people say, "Oh, insurance rates will go down because there will be less accidents or fewer accidents because now the self-driving cars are." more perfect let's say than than humans so they're going to keep the safe distance with the car in front of them they're going to obey all the traffic signs all the thing else so in theory they will have fewer accidents therefore insurance rates will go down now on the other side if you have a driverless car that has an accident and does something hits another car hits a pole kills somebody go for a bit um how do you assess that i mean who's to blame for that that's one of the bigger questions too you know because the passengers are just their passengers they're not controlling the car so elon actually answered that someone asked him that at the last uh, event and uh, he basically said tesla would be liable in the robo taxi network basically okay so he said that if if a robo taxi or one of his cars being acting as a robot taxi uh, hits something or is liable for whatever situation, Tesla will be responsible for the damages. That's what he said. Yeah. Now, as far as your own car, um, I don't know about the legality part as far as you kill somebody or your, your self-driving car kills somebody. I don't think you can be held legally. Uh, like, I don't think that could be considered manslaughter. Now, as far as that's an extreme case, but as far as say you're you own a self-driving car, forget it, for, say it's not a Tesla, it's a whatever self-driving car, uh, and it gets in an accident, I think it's still the same as now. You have regular insurance. Now, your insurance might be cheaper because you're less likely to get in accidents, like you said, but you still have insurance, and it, there's accidents still do happen, and fender benders, or things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think insurance, yeah, it might get cheaper, but I think it could largely stay the same. I think it's more of a question of the legal system yeah okay if you're in a self-driving car and you kill somebody i mean it's not your fault basically you weren't driving but that's those are all things that i think are 
more problems of of I don't know. I don't see those as major problems. No, I, it's just it's just that we need to. I think I mean, the, ma- the major thing is getting the technology to that point, which I think we're close, and then figuring out the actual legislation as far as the roads go. Now, if you ask, what could I imagine first? Because especially on the, we haven't talked about commercial either. Where level five matters the most is actually commercial. That's where you Mm -hmm. save a lot of money. That's where you can have a semi-truck without a driver. And that's a big deal because right now semi-trucks, basically, I think drivers are limited to 10 hours a day, I believe, driving. And uh, obviously you have to pay that person to drive the truck. So now if you remove the cost of paying the driver and the truck can drive almost 24 hours a day minus having to uh, refuel or whatever. Recharge, yeah. Recharge, refuel, whatever it is. Basically, you have a much more efficient truck, and it costs a lot less money. Yeah, we're jumping into topics like and so, AI and employment and things like that. Well, that's offers. different. But I'm saying basically on the commercial front is where you really want level five. Right. But what I could see Deliveries happening and what's been like what's been proposed is for especially like long haul trucks, for example, um, on freeways is where self driving cars it's, it's the easiest because it's the most controlled environment. Right, right. So you could have basically ninety percent of the trip for a long haul truck the truck is driving by itself on the freeway and then when it needs to make the exit at its destination then you have a little hub and it drives to the hub and then you get a driver and he drives the last few mm-hmm. miles the last mile. yeah but basically that takes 90 percent of the cost out and i could see that happening first and then you allow them for the streets or whatever i could see the legislation being tiered yeah and, and instead were, of all at once there were i heard also things about um like, for example, Amazon deliveries and all these delivery services use self-driving cars for deliveries where they don't have any, um, any basically, passengers or anything. They just have packages. So, reliability as far as the testing ground is just basically delivering packages. So, if they have any kind of situation, there's obviously no drivers behind the wheel or no passengers or anything. And uh, so, it's a good testing ground just to, to do, like, local deliveries in the city, you know, as opposed to uh, having... Uh, self-driving cars with people before they get there. So, uh, okay, just to just to wrap it up. Obviously, there's other other situations like uh, you know people are even saying that the cities are not even so um, in favor of self-driving cars because they uh, when people are driving cars they get tickets, they get fines, they get parking things and all that stuff. And you know, obviously, that's a lot of revenue for the city. Yeah, but self-driving cars will not. Technology always wins. <clears throat> right, the end. right. Um, and then the other thing is obviously when self-driving cars really become popular, they will be. 99% if not 100% electric cars as opposed to combustion engine cars. So that also it will affect all manufacturers that are now shifting and, and putting a lot of effort into developing their own electric cars because a self-driving car that is a combustion engine is proven to be more polluting because it's driving, it's handling all that stuff and uh, uh, versus um, an electric car that is obviously more uh, uh, cleaner for the environment. So, all right, so, so just to, to recap... Um, the technology is there. is is really moving fast. We have two major uh, variants of the technology: the the lidar version versus the uh, the camera version. And um, we are just kind of waiting to see how it plays out. As far I as just, I'm just waiting to see if the robo taxi network actually happens, because that's the first promise we've seen from any company. Even there's a lot of startups that are kind of nobody's heard of, and they're kind of working under the radar. But even they haven't announced anything like, "Hey, we're ready." as far as having full self-driving cars. And no major company has said we're ready. Waymo hasn't said anything. Um, so 
I'm very curious to see. It would basically be summer next year, so exactly a year from now, uh, when the network would begin. If it works, I'd and be very that, happy. This is something that I don't really know, but is that something that is more just uh, like a company like Tesla saying, okay, we're ready, or they need to go through legislation and approvals from the basically, different states? Basically, this is, this is what they said in their presentation. Uh, they said, we'll be ready next year. Like, like there will, like every Tesla or the new Teslas will be full self-driving ready. Uh, we didn't talk about the new computer that they put right, in the Teslas. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That, anyways, it's very, very advanced. It's even more advanced than like the top of the line NVIDIA, which is mm -hmm. really impressive because obviously all NVIDIA does is make basically uh, chips and they right, actually made a better chip. Videos, yeah. But anyways, um, they said, uh, I forget, they had a little disclaimer saying, yeah, obviously, We'll have to see what happens with legislation. But I, in my research for my episode when I was talking about it, as far as it's a state-by-state -state case basis, but technically it's legal. Like there's not really laws written. That's the thing. Right, right. So they're not really breaking the law. They just It just might not be a law saying that, yes, you can do this. Now, obviously, if they start doing it, legislators are going to react in some way. But that is a domain that I don't have expertise in, and I don't know. I can't predict what politicians are mm -hmm. going to do. Um, well, they had the first uh, when when there was that accident here in Tempe with that uh, Waymo car. That um, uh, was it a Waymo car? Did they run over? No, some? it was an Uber. But it that was an was Uber car. Yeah, right. Even the the basically Arizona governor and the mayor of. I think it was, was it Tempe or was it? It was in, uh, yeah, it was in okay. Scottsdale, I think. Whichever mayor of whatever city it was and the governor of Arizona, uh, Doug Ducey, both said the uh, uh, very tempered reply, which was, hey, let's calm down. Uh, let's not overreact. And they didn't do anything. They didn't push through well, any they, special they, legislation. They found Uber not guilty. Basically, they yeah, said, they said they, there's nothing. They, they said it was testing. It was an accident. It's going to yeah, happen. It was a person they just came across. And, Basically, and accidents happen in Arizona every single day, yeah. everywhere in the world. So they didn't overreact. They didn't do some legislation banning anything. Mm -hmm. They said, no, they could keep going. Right. And I think, I hope that most legislators take that approach. But we'll see. Like I said, I think the closest thing is going to be next year seeing if Tesla can pull it off. And if they can, then everyone else is going to have to really race to catch up. Mm -hmm. Very good, David. Thanks for uh, joining us. This is uh, definitely a topic that uh, we'll come back to it uh, some other time. Um, I'm, I'm very, very uh, curious to see how all this develops. And uh, I don't know you are too. You, you've had a few episodes on the, uh, on the Edge podcast about uh, autonomous vehicles, Tesla, self-driving cars, and, and similar things. So we'll continue. Uh, we'll keep you posted. All the show notes will be posted on um, mgrunplugged.com and the, um, the mgrh.com website as well. And um, we'll probably expand with more things that we didn't have a chance to cover here as far as pros and cons and some other statistics and things like that. But um, uh, in the meantime, thanks for joining us. You're listening to this on a Friday. Have a great weekend. If not, uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.